Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Ryan. I'm Egberto is your host. Thank you so kind for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. I did a lot of cutting and cut weaving to really give some good info today. I hope you are all ready, folks. If you're just gay, if you're just starting up with us, start sharing, start giving us those thumbs up, start giving us all those uh, links and shares and all that kind of stuff because we have good information to share here today, my brothers and my sisters. So let's get busy and get started pretty soon as soon as I get this particular item here shared, which I must do in short order. But in, whoa, I don't want to hear that. Anyway, let's let's go ahead and do that, folks. So please, thumbs up, thumbs up. Where are you? I need to get those thumbs up on, on Facebook. I need to get those uh, likes on, on Facebook, the thumbs up on YouTube. Let's get busy. Let's get this all going, folks, because we have a lot to talk about. Mucho, mucho para hablar. Tenemos mucho que vamos a hablar. De, de que vamos a hablar. Está bien. So let's get busy and start giving those thumbs up. Uh, those thumbs up, those thumbs up, those thumbs up. One more link that I've got to set here, and then I will be ready to fly. As they would say, we are going to be ready to fly like right this minute. And I'm ready to fly. You know, if I had, you know, I, I called into a couple shows. I've been doing some promos on, on one of my books. And it's interesting because all these, these shows, they have somebody doing all the machinations here. I'm trying to talk at the same time that I'm doing all of this. Oh, someday we'll grow up to get uh, some more to get, to get this done. Anyway, 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 let's get busy. Uh, welcome aboard to my peeps. We have in the house E2247, welcome aboard. May Wood, welcome aboard. Bruce Pollard said, vámonos. Eric Hayes says, ask Egberto Saturday. No, ask Egberto Saturday. We're postponing it by one week because I have a Houston Peace and Justice Center event on uh, Saturday. Uh, let's see what else we got here. What else we got here? Uh, Eric Hayes, uh, welcome aboard. Uh, Shiva Las Vegas is in the house. Of course, Norman Reynolds is in the house as well with us. Uh, I got E2247. Yvette Avery Herod, how are you doing? Our beautiful Yvette. We also have in the house Lee Grant. Lee Grant is in the house. Bridge MCP. Como estas corazón mío? And we also have Michael Rodney Navy Q. How are my peeps doing today? Anyway, we're going to have a great show. Let's see. Bree says, Meta is using your public Facebook and Instagram posts to train its AI. Posted October 3, 2023 by Peter Arms. Post anything you public, uh, 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 anything publicly on Facebook and Instagram. Meta has likely been using these posts to train AI accordingly to the company. Let me just, uh, let me just tell you one thing, um, uh, Bridge MCP. It turns out that, you know, somebody, I guess, found, I didn't see that, that article, but somehow I guess somebody find it out. But uh, like I was telling my KPFT audience a couple of weeks ago, AI just goes ahead and scans the internet. So anything that anybody has the ability to click and see about you has already been absorbed by AI. So AI has gone through Facebook, AI has gone through Google, any uh, global email or whatever. It has already aspirated all of that. If you doubt it, put your name into chat GPT or put your name into BART or whatever other one you want to throw your name into. It's there. 
Everything about you is already there. They're trying to hold back some information right now to likely placate Congress, but everything about you is there. Okay, let's uh, let's um, not let's not worry about uh, that. Let's worry about how we are going to put controls uh, uh, governmentally to make sure that this cannot be used against us. That is the big, big thing. How are we going to control this governmentally? Okay, that's what we have to. Uh, that is what we really, really, really have to do. Anyway, my brothers and my sisters, um, let's see what else we got here. Anything else that I need to read before I go to the first video? Let's see. Wow, let's see. Uh, hey, kids, let's go to school today. Reading classes in urgency and countersign in churchencies. Approved for public release. Thank you, E2247. Uh, E2247, as usual, have a whole lot of stuff to keep us busy. Lee Grant says, AI has you coming and going. Why worry? That's a certain sentiment. Egberto Willis, if you post something with a copyright, it cannot take it, even if public. It does take it. Uh, I mean, it, it may have a copyright, you know, but let me just tell you this. All my books, I notice, have been scanned by Google. It has a copyright, and people can go to Google and get the book. Well, actually, what it turns out is Google sells my book, but I didn't ask them to do it, right? They just go out there and they uh, they are associated with. I think it's Goodreads or one of them, and pe and they scan every book on the planet. And I found I'm like, wow, I didn't realize my book was out there. So I mean, it, it, it is amazing. I'll read the article. I'll read the article. But again, um, uh, it's important for us to understand that uh, the scan. I but I will read the article. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Um, Eric says, example of EV and what the reality is from a richer level. 156K battery burned up in McLaren. Okay, so you're concerned that a battery burnt up, an EV battery burned up. Okay, I get it. That's a bad thing. But do are you also concerned that uh, a gas engine burns up too? A gasoline car many times over burns up and burnt down homes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, actually, you're wrong about that, Eric. I, I read articles that come from good sources. And given that uh, Bridge MCP always has good sources, I always read her articles. In fact, she had a great article, actually a very, very long article that she uh, made me read a few weeks ago that was very informative. Again, it also was on AI. The five women who were concerned about AI in Google, I had read about them before, and I went ahead and read that one as well. All right, let's see. Let's see now. Uh, Bri says, Egberto, going to send Yvette article. I had sent you to her to have her point of view and AI and black people and women in particular. Oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. And my point of view, I don't think would differ from your point of view or Yvette's point of view. What I am, my, my thing is what I'm saying, however, is there are certain things that are out of the box already. And the thing about it is how we add controls. All right, let's go ahead now and play my first video. This has to do with the budget. Uh, to my right wingers, uh, please listen keenly to all the others that are that know math. You'll find this quite interesting, especially when looked at it from a graphical standpoint. So 
Here we go. Let's get busy. Recently, Martin Joe had a great piece on on the budget that I think everybody needs to see. So what I did is I cut little segments of it to kind of make it flow a little bit better for folks who think they know about the budget and what needs to be cut and what doesn't need to be raised as far as taxes can get a picture. This is important. Take a look at this and then we'll take it on the other side. Steve Ratner, so glad to have you here. Why don't we start with how much the House and the Senate plans clash and how difficult it is to actually synthesize those two plans? So you remember that back in the spring when, when we almost defaulted on our debt, there was an agreement between the White House and the Republicans as to what spending would look like for this coming year. And it's what we're talking, when we talk about spending, we're talking about non-defense discretionary, meaning we don't talk about Social Security, Medicare, a lot of the, a lot of parts of the budget. I'm going to show you that in a second. We talk about things like the transportation department or housing department and so forth. So out of that pool of money, the deal between the president and the Republicans back in the spring was to make a $2 billion reduction. We would spend $2 billion less in the fiscal year that just started over this past weekend than we spent in the previous fiscal year. The Senate Republicans and Democrats, so bipartisan, they agreed on actually increasing spending by $4 billion. They put some money back for a few things that they thought were important. McCarthy came up with a bill that he hoped would pass the House that involves $60 billion of spending. The hard right, the MAGA group, whatever you want to call them, killed that bill. He came back with a continuing resolution that would involve cutting $196 billion of spending. They rejected that bill too. And that is where we are now. But let me put those numbers in perspective for you. As a share of our economy, obviously the original two deals that we talked about very small effect on our, uh, on, uh, not on the economy, but on our spending. The McCarthy bill would have cut spending in this category by 9%. The House continuing resolution would have cut spending in this category by a full 30%. And I'll show you in a bit what some of those implications are. So, Steve, let's move over to your second chart about where the money's coming from. The proposed uh, bill here was $60 billion uh, of proposed cuts, massive reductions in uh, non-discretionary funding. Right. Because they can't touch that. And let me just show you how small a part it is. So you have here... Uh, this is our non-defense discretionary, only 14% of the budget. Defense, which you theoretically can cut, but nobody wants to, 12% of the budget. But all the rest of this stuff, Social Security, Medicare, other kinds of uh, aid to people who are uh, who are suffering, and then a bunch of other stuff, and then interest on the debt, of course, we can't cut. And they're fighting over this tiny little sliver of Ukraine aid, which is more symbolic than substantive, obviously. So you're cutting out of this little piece of the budget. And so the consequences of that are something like Title I education, 77% cut. Women, infants, children, it's a form of kind of like food stamps, 70% cut. Affordable housing, 66% cut. And so on and so forth. The Labor Relations Board, 33% cut. Uh, water quality, 55% cut. So the math is almost impossible. How do you, how do you reconcile? And this is the smaller of the two. This is the 60, the $60 billion one. Imagine if you tried to do the $196 billion one, which they haven't even laid out the specifics of. So this would really gut, and this is what they're trying to do, of course. 
this would gut uh, so many functions of the government that so many Americans depend on. Yeah, we're talking about things like uh, grants for low-income schools, water quality, et cetera. So let's look at that third chart. Steve, how does the debt and deficit play into this? As we've said many times, the last administration under Donald Trump in just four years added nearly $8 trillion to the debt. Uh, what does it look like now and how does it affect this conversation? So, look, we do have a deficit in the debt problem. That, that much of this is legitimate and fair. Our debt, our deficit this past fiscal year was $2 trillion in the federal government. It's going to be $2 trillion again this year. And you can see here the deficit, which is this whole space in here. And so what happened? Basically, we kept our revenue share of the government, of the size of the economy roughly flat. We did cut a bunch of taxes. You can see the Bush, the George W. Bush tax cuts. You can see the Trump tax cuts. So we held down our revenues, but meanwhile, our spending was exploding. And so we end up with $2 trillion deficits. And that, of course, turns into debt. We have $33 trillion of debt uh, at the moment in this country. And let's just show where that came from. All the way from 1776 until Bush took office in 2001, we accumulated, and that includes fighting wars, World War II, $5.7 mm. dollars of debt. And then you can see every president since then has added a huge amount of debt. Trump, as you just said, Willie, $7.8 trillion of debt in one term, far less than, for example, Barack Obama uh, across the two terms as a proportion. And Biden so far, 4.6 trillion. So you can see these are, these are just unsustainable amounts of debt that we're adding, but you can't really do it by cutting all that other stuff. It's just too much, uh, it's too much deficit relative to what you have available in those discretionary programs. Well, yeah, and, and Steve, that's always been the problem. It's always been the problem. And, and it's something that we dealt with going all the way back to 1995 when we were talking about balancing the budget. People say, oh, we'll take from foreign aid. We'll take from food stamps. We'll take from this. Way. No, no, no. It, it's, it's Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, defense spending, and now more, uh, a hell of a lot more than what we had to worry about in the 90s when we were trying to balance the budget, interest on the debt, and the massive tax cuts to the richest Americans that Trump gave us a couple of years ago. You, you look, you look at, at, at the richest Americans, they have much better tax treatment than working class Americans or small business owners or entrepreneurs who are just starting up. A lot of workers in states like New York, Connecticut, uh, New Jersey, Illinois, California, they're paying 50, 51, 52, 53, 54% of every dollar that they make to taxes. Whereas you got people in Wall Street paying 15, 16, 17%, these billionaires. It's just, it's insanity. We're not, we're not going to balance the budget with these yahoos saying, oh, cut food stamps. Cut foreign aid. That's just a small, small proportion of our budget. Yeah, look, we have a two trillion dollar deficit and all that other stuff over there uh, only adds up to less than two hundred billion dollars. And it would completely, completely and utterly gut the federal government in terms of what it does. So, yes, we're not going to even get close to balancing the budget. You know, Joe, look, you said it right. The conundrum is we've got all this stuff that nobody feels we can cut. So you've got this little sliver you're dealing with and spending has been going up by a rapid rate. 
taxes, as you point out, we've been cutting and cutting, cut, tax cut, tax cut. And so tax revenues have not been going up as a share of the economy. And you got to do something. You've either got to deal with taxes. And I agree with you about where the money should come from. There are a lot of rich people not paying their fair share. Or you've got to deal with making some changes in here. But otherwise, you're never going to get this deficit down to anything that looks like a balanced budget, let alone something that actually is a balanced budget. What is interesting is when Joe, first of all, Joe uh, uh, has made a big progress in the way he thinks over the years. Now he actually believes that billionaires should pay their fair share in taxes. But one of the other things that they point out is, look, if we want to make changes, uh, we have to go at the big programs. And they're actually right. Some of those big programs need to grow a little bit bigger. And some of those programs can be a lot smaller if we use sensible policies. Example, if we have Medicare, uh, well, let's call it single payer healthcare system, where we take the for profits out of healthcare where they don't belong, we could probably cut that Medicare bill in half. And we can go through that because it's not only about the cost of insurance, et cetera, that, that pilfers up for 28 to 30%. It also includes medicines that we already paid for and developed. So that is one huge savings. There is some there are some increases in social security that we probably need because a, a lot of folks social security is just too small. But that compensated by the uh, by raising the taxes on the billionaires who make the vast majority of the income in this country would make a big difference. And likewise, we can make sure that we have the Medicaid working more efficiently. Why again? Because we take the private sector out of it. Here in Texas, a lot of Medicaid is actually administered by private sector companies, which inherently make things more expensive. So there are a lot of things that we can do immediately to solve the problems that we're talking about will bring the budget deficit done down. And the last thing that I want that we need, and, and they're trying to make a Supreme, they're trying to make it illegal in the Supreme Court. They're trying to pass a constitutional amendment here in Texas to do what again? To make a wealth tax impossible. The truth of the matter is this country's wealth was built by all of us. There must be a wealth tax on the rich as well. There is already a wealth tax on all of us. When you have any kind of property, that's your wealth. You are paying a tax on it. You have a home. That's your wealth. You're paying a tax on it. You have a car. That's your wealth. You're paying a tax on it. There are various things that we pay taxes on based on what we have. And why do we have wealth taxes? Why do we have income taxes? The more you have, it means the more of society you were able to benefit of. Yes, you do have your own personal initiative as well. But again, a percentage of that is just a mere existence of society. So, folks, there are a lot of ways we could balance the budget rather quickly. We could do it rather in a, uh, in a manner that doesn't hurt people. In a matter that doesn't even hurt the billionaires. The only difference is that they'll see a few less billion dollars in their coffers, billions that they won't spend anyway. As I tell people all of the time, there's a certain kind of psychopath that defines a billionaire. Exactly right. Exactly right. And I know we, we like to think about the benevolent billionaire. I do that myself. But remember, a, uh, the, pot, the, 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 the economic structure 
uh, is just on autopilot and, and their billions are actually based on how our economy functions right now. Our billions are, are, are capital out of your own personal economy. It's, it's not a zero sum game gain as some would want you to believe it is. It simply is not. Bridge MCP said, whoa, they really don't care about poor people. Michael Rodden says, ah, there it is. Republicans have a pathological hatred of the poor and are dead set to screw the poor yet again. Of course, they, they despise the poor. Uh, Mike C. Sexes may would claim that federal budget was the opposite of what the, uh, they showed. Who is the clueless one? I, I, I would doubt that uh, Brother Wood doesn't understand the budget quite well because we've spoken about it before. Bruce Pollard says, just cut militaries, maybe closing bases that we don't need because we have planes and satellites that are in the air and can get there fast. Very true, Bruce. But again, it's the, pluto the plutocrats who own the, these service companies. My friend, uh, not my friend, my brother, Roberto, when he served in Iraq, he showed us a whole lot of how they rip you off. They charge you $10, $15, $30 every time that serviceman goes in there and swipe that card to get some food, food that they get on the cheap in whatever country they're in right there. And then they, they, they charge an extra profit on that. It's humongous for the plutocracy, for the rich people, for the oligarch, for the folks who run those companies like uh, Halle, not Halliburton. I forgot the name of the company that actually that has a contract to um, – to service a lot of these different bases, etc. It used to be because I had friends in the military that were cooks, etc. They used to do all the work themselves. They had their own hospitals. They did their own cooking. They did their own. Uh, all, they never farmed out this stuff. When the military goes into the field, they have their own their own military guys that cook and do the mess hall. All that stuff was done within the military. No profit motive. Now they get slaves to come in to serve the military, reduce the size of the military. Look, it's a racket. It's a racket. It's a racket. Uh, so, yeah, we could cut that quite a bit. Uh, Eric says, yes, focus on spending pure and freaking simple. Uh, I don't know what you mean by that, but I'll assume. Uh, let's say uh, Eric Hayes, I'm a New Yorker. I don't drive always looking for a personal angle for systemic problems that are bigger than any one person. Typical conservative short-sightedness, which is a good point. Mike C. Sexes, a laugh in my, you know what? The GoFundMe from the leftist activist death is for the friends to take him off uh, from work. No mention of the funeral costs at all. Just profiting off his death. Simply ghoulish. Uh, there you go again. This guy was a well. I won't. I won't. I won't justify that with an answer. Bruce says, "How much could we save by not subsidizing oil? Billions, billions upon billions." Uh, let's see what else we have. Berto, can you put the GOP appropriations bill cuts on the screen background? I didn't cut it out. I should have done that. If you can find it, I'll do it. Uh, but he says, Michael, uh, let's see. No, no, we have another one here before I go to the next video. Let's discuss that pie. What we can cut. I think I spoke about that there. I would love to hear your opinions. You gave some good opinions already, uh, Bruce, as far as cutting the military substantially, which we can. Uh, we spend more. Our budget is more than, I think, eight, more than the next eight or nine countries that come after us combined. Ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. Nobody asked us to be police of the world. But remember, the reason we have that huge military 
is so that all the colonies that we have around the world, well, now it's pseudo-colonies around the world. If something happens in, or that's blocking our resources in Chad, if something is blocking our resources in Nigeria, if something is blocking our, our resources anywhere in the world, we want to be able to send an aircraft carrier and say, no, that that mineral that's coming from you that we're buying on the cheap and selling it back to you as a refined product, you can't stop us from getting that. So we have a big military that everybody fears to protect that. And who profits from that? The plutocrats. So we subsidize the military by fighting and spilling our blood. They don't fight. Remember what Nixon said. What's in it for those those military guys? They're fools. That's what Brother Trump thinks about the military. But we do it. Anyhow, let's go on. Uh, continuing, Melanie Keelan, welcome aboard, my dear beautiful sister. British MCP says, Eric, then say his name, not mine. All right, let's see. Uh, Ferry does budget policy. Uh, that sounds like Eric. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, uh, federal agencies were found to use only 23% of the allotted office space in 2020. You're spending over $4.6 billion for each agency on office furniture alone, Okay. Now, how does that compute in a $2 trillion budget again? Again, expand your horizon. Anyway, next subject I want to talk about, are Republicans poised? Are Republicans poised for? I'll tell you what, check this out, and we'll take it on the other side. It's a constancy. Republicans constantly talk about uh, pedophiles and Democrats are pedophiles. Of course, we know it's all, it has always been false. It has always been false. But they push that story and many of their sycophants com- continue to believe it. But the reality is they do have a problem. After all, their past speaker, uh, Dennis Hastert, was in jail for doing exactly that. What did Dennis Hastert do? Uh, the wrestling team, he had a lot of these kinds of relationships with whom again? With young kids. This was there. He was paying off one of them when he got caught. This is one of the Republicans speakers of the House. You don't hear a lot about that when they're talking about pedophilia and all that kind of stuff. Now we have the two contenders, uh, Jim uh, uh, Jordan, and we also have Steve Scalise. Steve Scalise has been known to be associating with folks with David Duke. In fact, he uh, most notably said, I am David Duke without the without the baggage. What does that mean again? What's David Duke's baggage again? And then you have uh, Jordan who turns his head the other way when others were complaining about his recent team, I think it was, uh, that apparently they were messing with the kids. This this is news, national news. Somehow, this kind of news would always affect Democrats. This kind of news, a Democrat can't get away with it. But somehow, Republicans have a tendency to not care. We have Donald Trump, who can hold a woman by her you-know-what and still stay out of jail. He can rape a woman and still stay out of jail and still have a large support base in this country that is willing to disregard that he is nothing more than an evil person, a sexual abuser, an abuser at large. Well, now we have the two leading contenders to be Speaker of the House on the Republican side. And these two, the two that put themselves up on the block, already have 
baggage. Check this out, then we'll take it on the other side. Inside the Capitol building, there are official portraits of all of the former speakers of the House. In recent years, that wall has grown to include the speakers of this century, Nancy Pelosi, John Boehner, and Paul Ryan. But there is one 21st century speaker who is absent from that wall, and for good reason. A warning, some of what you are about to hear in this segment involves references to sexual abuse. Federal prosecutors say Dennis Hastert was paying hush money to a man who was 14 years old when Hastert sexually abused him in a motel room decades ago. The government says Hastert abused two other high school wrestlers and the team manager while he was the coach. Former Republican Speaker of the House Dennis Hastert was essentially wiped from the history books after pleading guilty in a hush money case that revealed he had serially sexually abused teenagers as a high school wrestling coach. When you hear the words Republican speakers of the House, Republicans really do not want you to think about Dennis Hastert. And today, House Republicans are trying to determine who their next speaker will be. And you would think that one of the most basic criteria for Republicans here would be that none of their candidates should be accused of any involvement in any wrestling-related sexual misconduct scandals. Right? A high-profile Republican congressman is under fire tonight. A new lawsuit alleging that when Jim Jordan worked as a wrestling coach at Ohio State University, he turned a blind eye to sexual misconduct by a team doctor. A college wrestling referee named as John Doe 42 says in the mid-90s, he told Jordan, then Ohio State's assistant wrestling coach, that the team's physician, Richard Strauss, performed a sex act in front of him in a shower. Former Ohio State wrestler Danyasha Yetz also says he complained directly to Jim Jordan after he says Strauss once tried to pull his pants down. I had told him, you know, hey, this is this is not right. Jim Jordan has previously denied any knowledge of the sexual abuse alleged to have taken place at the university where he was a wrestling coach. He has called the allegations against him politically motivated, but his accusers have stood by their claims. And Jim Jordan is now one of the Republicans running to be the next Speaker of the House. While Jordan has already received the backing of a broad swath of House conservatives, he is not the only candidate in the running. Republican Majority Leader Steve Scalise has also announced his intention to run for speaker. And Steve Scalise is hardly an uncontroversial pick himself. As a state representative in 2002, Steve Scalise gave a speech to a white nationalist organization founded by former Ku Klux Klan leader David Duke. Scalise has since apologized and claimed that he did not know the organization he was speaking to was a hate group. But David Duke has claimed that Steve Scalise used to regularly communicate with Duke's gubernatorial campaign at the time. And a Louisiana political reporter claims Scalise once described himself to her as David Duke without the baggage, which is what exactly? To be fair, Steve Scalise has since earned considerable goodwill from his colleagues after being shot at a 2017 congressional baseball practice and severely injured, as well as announcing a recent blood cancer diagnosis. But at a moment when the Republican Party is facing broad criticism for its association with white supremacy, Steve Scalise certainly has his own complicated backstory. And then there is the other potential candidate for speaker, a guy named Donald Trump. 
several conservatives have already started to promote a Trump speakership. And Trump did not exactly close the door on that idea when he told reporters today, if I can help them during the process, I would do it. Now, I don't need to list for you all the reasons that Donald Trump would be a controversial choice for speaker, but there is one important reason that seems to have gotten lost in the shuffle here. House Republicans' own rules bar Donald Trump from becoming speaker. According to Rule 26A of the House Republican Conference rules, a member of the Republican leadership shall step aside if indicted for a felony for which a sentence of two or more years imprisonment may be imposed. Donald Trump has been indicted on several such felonies, which is all to say the race to become the next Republican speaker is showing up, is shaping up to be exactly the mess you might expect it to be. So what are we to do? I mean, Americans, you got to do better. When you go to elect people, you got to do better. You know, I had a, 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 a MAGA Republican call my show this morning and he had a lot to say. But you know what he said? Egberto, I agree with you on that topic. And because we foment, we, we created a, an environment of conversation. Well, he knows now that he can hug me for one particular issue. You know what that means? On other issues that we know most Americans want, we're going to come closer and closer and closer till he realizes, till many realize that what these guys have done to America psychologically, what many of the folks on the right have done to Americans psychologically, have messed with the minds that allowed them to even have any kind of political game. We got to get smarter, America. We got to make sure to really stand for what we claim we believe. We need to start standing for what we say we stand for. Well, 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 it sounds like Mike Cisak doesn't mind Donald Trump, a convicted rapist, uh, or, or I, I should, yeah, a convicted rapist, to serve as, what again, the Speaker of the House. Well, I guess if you had Hastert there, uh, it would be just true to form, right? It would be just true to form. Because here is CSEC trying to say, hey, that rule that says if you are a convicted, if you are, are, are indicted on something that's going to, that will cause you more than two years in, uh, two years in jail, uh, you can't run. Oh, but that only applies if you are a sitting congressperson. That doesn't apply if you're just coming from the outside. So let's go ahead and bring, let's go ahead and bring uh, Mr. Trump in. No, the judge said uh, he, he was found liable, and the judge said in in uh, in in every aspect he would be uh, convicted of rape if it weren't for the way the actual laws were written. That's directly out of the mouth of the judge. The man is a rapist. He even admits to what he does to women. Come on now, wake up, stop drinking the coffee. Uh, British MCP says congratulations to Matt Getz and the Republican pedophile caucus for successfully ousting the Speaker of the House. One must admire how much Rep. Gates accomplished was within more dope porn and everything else. All right, let's go ahead and get bring our brother into the fold. Come on in, Ray. Talk to me, Ray. How are you doing this afternoon? Hey, Brother Egberto. You know, I had to chime in. I'm actually on the road right now, but it's dry right now. So, you know, I'm glad 
I'm glad you highlighted this issue because, you know, for so long, I'm tired of Republicans being able to basically propagate, you know, that they're the party of morality when right. all the while you have all the criminals, all the pedophiles, all the sex offenders right there, not just alleged. I mean, you got, you know, proven and alleged because let's not forget that Matt Gates was alleged to have solicited young girls for sex through his Venmo account with Ted Cruz and Ted there Cruz, meanwhile, yeah. was, was, yeah, there's receipts on that. And if you want, and, and, and if you want to support Ted Cruz, just know you supporting somebody who's palling around with an alleged pedophile and Ted Cruz should be ashamed of himself because he was up there trying to grill, uh, then uh, candidate for um, Supreme Court Judge uh, Katanji Brown, he was grilling her about an opinion that she had towards any type of leniency any, uh, on anyone who was convicted of a sex crime. But yet he wants to pal around and they look the other way when it's their, when it's their fellows. But when somebody is standing in court and has to actually defend their innocence against such allegations, when they are, oh, it's, it's, uh, oh, they're guilty. It's, it's not even up for debate, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. You know, it's like, you know, Republican voters wake up. This is your leadership. These are the people you choose to look after. These are the wolves you're looking after. that. These are the, the foxes that I'm telling you are looking after the hen houses. Why are you choosing them? I'm done, our Egberto. What you exactly. got to say on that? Well, my brother, I, I, you notice I just gave you the floor. You nailed it. Why would I interrupt? You nailed it. Uh, so, I mean, uh, the, 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 I, I hope they see exactly what's going on. I mean, it, it's amazing that all the contenders have some very serious issues. From Scalise and the white supremacist uh, uh, David Duke to uh, a, a pedophile uh, head turning J- Jim Jordan to a president that, okay, let me get, uh, I'm getting hit by my white right wing brothers and sisters. Well, right wing brothers, they're correct. Donald Trump was not convicted of rape, he was found uh, liable for sexual abuse. Now, the judge said in But he did audit, say he grabs women by the you know what. So exactly. But that, the judge, that came out of the horse's mouth. Exactly. And the judge said in any other venue, because of the in, in the way the, the the laws are written in New York, that's why it came out that way. He said in any other venue, what the president did is rape. So said the judge. The judge said what he did was rape so therefore he was fined found liable of rape equivalent he was convicted of rape and that's where i came to the convicted of rape okay that's how i came about that all right uh let's see what the woman uh <laughs> let's just have one standard of justice that's all i'm saying Berto. I- imagine but, uh, if, i'm gonna let imagine- you go finish the show Thank you, my brother. You have a good one, uh, Ray, and thank you for calling in. And, folks, you can call the show at 281-823-7747, like Ray did. Thank you, Ray. 
323-7747. You know what is a problem, though? Republicans repeat, 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 repeat. If we had one of our folks that did what Jim Jordan did, in other words, he would you would hear it over and over and over again, constantly like they did with Hunter Biden. Likewise, if we had somebody that made, remember what they did with Obama and uh, uh, the, the, the minister, uh, uh, I can't remember the minister's name right now. They repeat it over and over and over again. Democrats don't do that. They say one thing and then move on, you know, which I think is a better thing. But in today's uh, in, in today's politics with a shorter t- a short span, we have to do better than that. All right, let's say, but he says House GOP rule restricting those with felon indictments from serving in a role could make him ineligible for the post. A member of the Republican leadership shall step aside if indicted or for a felony in which uh, a sentence of two or more years. But now you heard what CSEC was claiming. Oh, he's not in the Republican leadership of the House is what he meant. All right, it's impossible for a Dem like Jordan to exist because if a Dem did what Jordan did, those wrestlers, they'd be pushing carts somewhere. Exactly right. Uh, Daniel Adol says, grab by the P, uh, you, y'all are obsessed with that, what he said, while Biden sniffing, oh, well, uh, you guys are funny. Anyway, here's a, this gives me hope because all right-wingers, all MAGA Republicans aren't made the same. And enough MAGA Republicans actually are good people to make a difference. Check this out. Some will think I'm naive. Some will say I am naive. I'm this conversation, this short snippet on my radio show at KPFT this morning really turned me on. It gave me hope because again, my mantra from what I talk about when I speak about the book that I wrote, it's worth it. How to talk to your right wing relative friends and neighbors. These are the concepts that I believe in. This person called to tell me that after doing the explanation on Medicare Advantage, he agreed with me, a MAGA Republican, and he was impassioned enough to call in and say, you know what? I agree with you. I'm still a MAGA Republican, et cetera. But on this issue, I agree with you. And why is that an open door? Because now I, whether fo- folks understanding human relationships, that guy trusts me on that one issue. Now we can have a conversation on Issue after issue after issue after issue, not on the totality of MAGA republicanism, but on issue after issue. I want you to listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. Let's go to Joe again real quick. Come on in, Joe. Hey, Egberto. Sorry about that getting cut off earlier, but I wanted to I wanted to tell you that, um, you know, uh, um, as a as a MAGA Republican, um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate the message that you you're sending out this morning. This this MAGA Republican agrees that um, one of the reasons we organize ourselves into a collective form of government is to take care of the the, the old right the medical bills right. Mm-hmm. So I'm 100 percent you know for uh, um, for you. I'm not there yet myself, but I'm, I'm <laughs> one day, hopefully I will be. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and I, we definitely see eye to eye on this, man. Um, uh, speaking as a MAGA Republican, I appreciate uh, your show. This morning. Well, you know, MAGA, Mr. MAGA Republican, you know, as I always say, I love you no matter that you're MAGA or otherwise, you know that, right? <laughs> well, do you say it like it's a bad thing? No, the, no, no. When I, well, I think Ma- there's a lot about MAGA that I think is bad, but you and I are going to talk about that, you know, as, as you listen to my show and go on, because I still have hope right now that you're going to realize that 
all you mega folks, I love you mega folks, all you mega folks have the same needs and wants of all we progressive folks. And you're going to see that. But what happens is we have external forces that are trying to separate us. And what I'm trying to do is make sure that those external forces fail. But I'm so happy that we that you already uh, put a stamp out there that you and I agree on this particular issue of taking care of our older folks. And you and I are going to agree on a whole lot of other things. And then we're going to sit down and say, well, how the hell are we different again? You're going to see. Exactly. But anyway, what is, exactly. give me a quick close. And you know what? We, we hope the same for you, Egberto. We want to bring you on board. We want to, we want to open your eyes to what we're saying. Just as, just as uh, your, your progressive listeners, uh, um, you know, the, we, we want those guys to open their eyes as well and see the reality of the situation. Joe, we got a deal. We got a deal. All right. Let me go. Let me all jump right, to man. Brian. So again, what I loved about this discussion is that the mere fact that he can come into our progressive house and say, I agree with you on this. Look, though I, I have no blinders on me. There's a whole lot of talking. There's a whole lot of conversing. There's a whole lot of seeking common ground or seeking the real ground, if you will. But the fact that you're talking, the fact that the brother who called me doesn't want to cut my throat out, but he's saying, ah, I agree with you on that. Well, guess what? As we build trust with each other, and I'm just using this as an example, but as we build trust along the way, just think about where we can end up. We don't have to allow the plutocracy to keep us slamming each other. We don't have to allow the plutocracy to really have it make issues bigger than they are so that we don't see that they're cleaning our clocks, that they're taking our pockets. We can do this. And this is a very small example, but this is how it starts. We spend that a lot a of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead. Number one, subscribe to our channel. And number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. Absolutely so, folks. Absolutely so. Anyway, um, new subject. New subject. I see great conversation going on uh, below. Keep up the good, good conversing. And it's all very civil. All right. Here is the deal, folks. Medicare Advantage. Medicare Advantage. Let me tell you, if, uh, let, let me, first of all, for those are, those are my brothers and sisters who've already committed to Medicare Advantage because you were enticed by the price, because of some slick salesperson let you know how great it was because they give you eye, ears, and uh, eyes, ears, and what is the other, and, and dental, right? And of course, they charge the medic, the, the, the government more to be able to provide that service. And even as Bernie Sanders attempted to get Medicare to support those, again, Republicans and, 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 and uh, neoliberal Democrats, they stifled the bill to prevent, to prevent, right, uh, it to go through. Because, again, 
that is the selling point that they like to use for Medicare Advantage. The other selling point they want to use for Medicare, Medicare Advantage is you can join Medicare Advantage and have no charges, right? While Medicare, standard Medicare, is an 80-20 deal for a while and you also get other things. But look, let me tell you, if you had to go, if you thought you had to do Medicare Advantage, I feel for you. And just maybe that's the only thing you could do. It's going to it's it's a system that's ultimately will bankrupt Medicare Advantage, the Medicare system, if we allow it to continue. But that said, it is a dangerous system because while if you are not sick or you're not very sick, it works out fine. Because let me tell you what these scouts do. They don't try to get the sickest person that's going to cost them more money. In other words, if you're going to uh, cost them more money than you bring in every year, they're going to try to get as small a number of people as possible to add to their to their queue. So they know when they're sending those salespeople, they know when they call you, whether they're going to call you back or not, because they have a lot of history about you. They want healthy people. But you know what? During that process, if you get sick, they control what medicines you take. They control what doctor you can see. They control what hospital you can go to. And they control what services will be provided to you. If they say not covered, you're hosed. Medicare, the government provided Medicare, you decide what doctor you want to go to. You decide, and along with your doctor, what medicines you're going to take. You decide, along with your doctor, what hospital you will go to. So please, if you are ever considering Medicare Advantage, there are some people who have no choice. I get it. Because of the fraud that occurs in Medicare and the way it is marketed, it could be cheaper in the short term than going for standard Medicare. But ultimately, you could pay for that saving with your life. Ask Tom Hartman and the friend story that he spoke about. So here is the deal. This is the time of the year when Medicare Advantage is selling like crazy. Ask yourself a question. Every time you turn on the TV, every time you turn on the TV, ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, CNN, uh, uh, all the channels, every hour on every hour, several times throughout the hour, you see a Medicare Part C. You know, they, they don't want to call it Medicare Advantage because it's starting to get a bad name. You see them saying Medicare Part C. Medicare Part C, and people think it's Medicare. Medicare Advantage, Medicare Part C is a marketing tool, but it is private insurance that follows the same basic rules of today's private insurance, which denies you coverage to make a profit for everybody else. And while you get, you may get a lunch, you may get a ticket to uh, go see a play, you may get free uh, membership to a club. All these things to them, those are peanuts 
because the government every for every patient are giving them thousands of dollars. You know why Medicare came to exist? Medicare came to exist because private insurance companies could not find a way to insure older folks and make money. So they said, we are not insuring older folks. So then the government, the United States government stepped in, like every humane government around the world, step in, stepped in and said, we are going to cover our older folk. Now, it initially came with limitation because politicians always fight about money and they don't want to tax the rich appropriately as they should. So they came in. They made it an 80-20, just like regular insurance, but they allowed you to then go buy a Medigap private insurance. Always the privacy ones to get in there. But the, the, the deal that they made is that Medigap, if you took Medicare right off, as soon as you retired, if you took Medicare, you could buy a Medigap insurance and they could deny you the Medigap insurance, which pays a 20% that the um, Medicare doesn't pay. They couldn't deny you access to Medigap if you came right after you started, right after you retired at 65, if you went immediately for Medigap, all is fine. But the caveat was, if you decided to try out that cheap Medicare Advantage, Medicare Part C, and realize that they didn't have the kind of doctors you wanted, they didn't have the kind of hospitals you wanted. They didn't want you to get certain treatments. And you say, ah, I'm going back to Medicare. Medi there, there's no problem with you going back to Medicare. The one problem is going to be for you to get the Medigap, which pays a 20% that Medicare doesn't pay. And then when you go back, that is when they get you. Because at that point, the private sector no longer has to take you for that insurance. They can take you and they can charge you whatever they want. You see, they can't charge you whatever they want when you just get it. But if you go to Medicare Advantage first and then try to go back, folks, it's a racket. We can, all of us together, can save our brothers and sisters who made the mistake and took Medicare Advantage or who made the who only had that option to go to Medicare Part C. We can save us all. And the way we save us all is to get rid of the private insurance system. If, if private insurance want to do certain things, let them do it. But let's have basic health care for everybody, Medicare for all. Well, let's call it single-payer health care without profit for these insurances. That is what we need. Uh, get Medigap and cheapest drug plan right after you turn 65. You heard what? That is what uh, brother, uh, uh, Bruce Pollard knows a lot about this system. And that is what he said. Get Medigap and the cheapest drug plan right at 65, which is what I intend to do as well. Okay, folks, so please remember that. Please, please, please. If you are listening to me now, if you are listening to me on our podcast, do not get fooled. When there's, when, and, and a lot of salespeople are corrupt. They will sell you Medicare Part C and try to tell you it's just regular Medicare. 
They will lie to you. Don't allow that to happen. Tell them you want Medicare Part A, Part B, and buy the cheapest drug plan, as Bruce says, as well as Medigap. Medicare Part A, Part B, Medigap, and the drug, uh, part Medicare Part D. Please, people, uh, some of you can only afford the thuggery that comes with Medicare Advantage, and I understand that. We are going to try, one of our passions here is to try like hell to get rid of the for-profit healthcare system so that we can get Americans, all Americans, Medicare as it should. Uh, here is what Bruce had to say. So far, it has saved me $300,000 in six years, and I can go to whoever I want. Folks, we got to smarten up. We have to work and elect people who are going to do the job. Anyway, folks, please support the program. Uh, we're here to serve. Please support us and uh, make sure that we stay funded. How can you do that? Please go to politicsandright.com support. And that gives you all the different options that you have to support us. Politicsandright.com slash support gives you the many, many options that you can provide us with support. Alternatively, or rather, I would love you to all do this if you could, because I, I need to get several hundred of these and I don't have them. Our newsletter, politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter, politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. Please become a paid subscriber of our newsletter. We are out there working hard to provide you with the valid information. This morning on KPFT, I talked about this on Medicare Advantage, and this woman called and she said, my God, I hadn't known this about Medicare Advantage until I heard it from you on Politics and Right on KPFT. Now I understand why they're trying to kick my mother out of the place that she's at. Folks. We have to get the private sector out of our healthcare system. It's thuggery. It's cheatery. It's all that is bad. Again, before I go, one more time, please support our program. Please go ahead and go to politicsandright.com support. That is a way that you can find the easiest way to support our program. But if you want to really become a part of our informed base as well, please go ahead and support our newsletter, politicsandright.com slash newsletter, politicsandright.com slash newsletter. And uh, please become a paid subscriber. I'm adding a new section to the newsletter uh, that links to the blogs. I, you know, I, I, our medium, we have a medium uh, a me where we post a lot of our blogs on medium, uh, but a lot of folks don't know that. And they're, we have different mailing lists. Some people are on both lists. But we have also mailing lists that have only Medium or only Substack, which is our newsletter. So what we're going to start doing is putting links to our website, putting the different links of the different stories for the uh, week or so on our uh, Substack that goes out every morning at five in the mornings. So please consider becoming a paid subscriber of our Substack newsletter. Anyway, I got to get out of here. My name, first of all, thank you so kindly for listening. Thank you so kindly for sharing. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out.
We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.